Hello, folks. Welcome to one more edition of Politics and Random. Berto Willis, your host. Thank you so kindly for being part of the show. We are going to have a great show for you today. Am I still echoing? Am I still echoing? I don't understand that echo. Got to find out what is giving us that echo. Let me look at all my microphones and see if there are any extraneous microphones on. And I see only one microphone. One microphone. Okay. Audio is good. Okay, great. Let's get busy. Hello, Eric Hayes. Hello, Heavy Q, Bridge MCP. Welcome aboard. And let's see what else we got. What what else we got? Let's see. Bridge MCP says, New York declares monkeypox emergency as cases continue to rise. State Health Commissioner Mary Bassett declared monkeypox an imminent threat to public health across the state. Anybody knows for sure how monkeypox is transmitted other than sexually, from what I understand? Is there, you know, sneezes, all of that? Does anybody know for a fact how it's transmitted? I I haven't looked it up and I haven't heard it in passing or anything like that. Uh, let's see what we got here. Eric Hayes says the lockdown model doesn't work. People will push back, period, so no mandates. Los Angeles County... People would push back. No mandates. I love how you guys talk about, uh, you know, well, I won't go there right now. I'll leave that for later on in the discussion. All right. Let's see who else is in the house. I think I got everybody so far. Uh, transmitted by cough, clothing, bedding, and yes, sneezing. Oh, I guess I'll continue wearing my mask. And when I travel to New York, even on the train, I'll have my mask on. Wow. Uh, I, I don't think I want to take too many risks at all. All right. Anybody else here that I need to salute before I go to read in uh, additional stuff? Let's see. I don't think so. I'll wait for the rest to come in. Folks, don't forget, if you are on YouTube, give us a thumbs up. If you are on Facebook, give us that like. Uh, and let's see. New York has over 1,250 cases. That means British New York is leading again the country. Okay. Let's go with Michael. Yahoo News says Kentucky hit with deadly flooding uh, following second 1,000-year rain event in three days. Kentucky is still working to repair the damage left behind in December of 2021 when a string of tornadoes levied whole towns in the western portion of the state. The latest round of extreme weather, which when scientists have linked to climate change, will present even more challenges in the coming months. Extreme rain hit the western Kentucky town of St. Louis dumping up to 12 inches of rain at its peak. The rain fell in some locations at a rate of 5 inches per hour. That's a delugio, I tell you. That's a delugio. Uh, what else have we got here? Uh, let's see. Two days later, the same odds were met once again in the eastern part of Kentucky. CBS News from Michael Rudden again. Kentucky floods kill at least 16 as Governor Warren's toll will be a lot higher. Powerful flood waters swallowed towns that hugged creeks and streams in Appalachian valleys and hollows, swamping homes and businesses, leaving vehicles in useless piles and crunching runway equipment and debris against bridges. Mudslides marooned people's slope down steep slopes. At least 33,000 customers without power. President Biden has declared a federal disaster to direct relief money to more than a dozen Kentucky and federal emergency management agency appointed an officer to coordinate the recovery. You know what? All these 
damages that you know we could have mitigated started back in the 70s when we talked about real climate change and how to mitigate it. You know, we're talking about energy since the Carter days when sin fuels and all of that. And the cost, they always talk about cost, cost, cost. You know the phrase, pay me now or pay me later? It couldn't be more prescient right now. Pay me now or pay me later. For all those people who want, let's wait, let's wait, let's wait. Mother Nature isn't waiting at all. You know, Kuchimama, uh, what is the name for Earth? I don't remember what the indigenous call it. But uh, John Perkins, a friend of mine, just sent me a note, uh, a video from John Perkins, who's an author. He's a guy who wrote that book about uh, what the United States and other Western countries do to these countries that force debt on them to then go ahead and pill for their resources, like what we do to, to many other countries. And uh, he, he found, I'm going to play that tape again sometime. But, you know, <laughs> a woman asked, do you think we will ever stop damaging the earth? To which the indigenous woman in Peru or Ecuador, I don't remember which country it was, says, it's not about us damaging the earth. It's about when the earth gets tired of us doing what we do to the earth. And it shakes like a dog. You know how the dogs shake off the fleas? Well, it seems like the earth is starting to shake off the fleas. And we could have avoided a lot of this long time ago. But we didn't. I saw that article. Okay, but he, uh, Michael also put out Common Dreams analysis price gouging at the pump. I saw that in, in, in Common Dreams. Uh, result in 235% uh, uh, profit. Uh, jump in big oil as fossil fuel giants this week reported record profits for the second quarter. An analysis out Friday highlighted how eight oil companies have raked in $52 billion over past three months. While Americans continue to struggle at the pump, the review by watching the group Accountable U.S. revealed that from April through June, Chevron, Equinox, Exxon, Mobil, Hess, Phillips, Shell, uh, Technique, FMC saw the profits skyrocket. From the same time period last year with income shooting up 235%, the analysis also pointed out that leaders at Equinox and Hess and Techni FMC boasted about excellent quarters while dismissing high prices for consumers. Sunrise Movement and Sunrise Movement tweeted, while we've watched our planet burn, Exxon made $18 trillion this year. No, $18 billion this year. Big oil is literally profiting off our destruction. Exactly. Egberto, mind putting this one up on the screen? If it's a good one, I will. Oh, there we go. Thank you for that one, Radin. That's a very good one. Wanted to make sure it's not coming from a crazy place. But there we go. That's your profit. Hess is up 1,014%. Phillips, 981%. Chevron, 276%. Exxon 273, Technip FMC 105. So I guess Shell and, and, and Technique FMC are the ones that got the least doubling. They only doubled their profits, right? Damn. Oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. Let's see. The marks of 235 increased average quarter 2021. What's that second thing? I don't know. I replied both. There are three solutions to windfall profit tax, nationalizing the oil industry, and or charging oil executives with felonies. I think there are two of them that we should do. One, we should charge them with felonies now 
and nationalize the companies right away. They need, we need those two actions because they're thugs, they're thieves. How many people have died because of this excess uh, drain for no reason? There was, no, there was never, ever a real oil shortage. Never was there a shortage. It was always a hoax. And watch all those executives for these oil companies walk home with thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars, millions in bonuses. That's money directly out of the pockets of American citizens. And for those who defend these guys, it's people with enslaved mentalities. If These are the same people who, if they saw some kid in a store stealing a Coke or a candy bar, they're going to say, oh, put him in jail because they did something wrong. These guys lie and say that there is an oil shortage, lie and say there's refining capacity problems for, to cr- cause the increase in gasoline prices. There is no, ga- you could not find a gasoline station that didn't have sufficient gas. You could always find enough gasoline, yet the prices zoom through the roof. There is nothing in economics that tells you that if there's not a glut, or or rather if there's not a shortage, that it justifies the prices. But the only reason people pay the prices is they have no choice. These are monopolies that are colluding together to increase these prices. So the people had to buy the prices. And you know why they knew they could do it? Because people had monies in their pockets from the monies they got from stimuli, etc. This is thuggery. This is thievery. This is something that we should. Those of you who defend these thugs are the same ones that give that little kid that tries to get a dollar from the dollar store or something like that. Hell for stealing. Oh, what they're, when they're stealing, it's a bad thing. But these guys are criminally insane. They are psychopaths. And, that, and, and listen to what Rodden wrote, that they could sit back and, and, and bask in all this money that they're getting, knowing that it's stolen money. It hurts. It hurts. Because I know there's a mother with a child who that child had to do without so that oil executives could have that money. There's a mother with a child who had to tell her, honey, I can't get you your ballet classes. I can't get you your violin. I can't get you your scooter. Because those oil executive thugs took our money. But you see, when I call capitalism the abstraction of evil, and uh, when I call it antiseptic slavery, people get pissed at me. Capitalism has taken many out of poverty. You know what it just did? It threw all those people who had to transfer their money to these guys into poverty. Let's see. AC Rodriguez, uh, welcome aboard. Let's see who else is in the house. E2247, welcome aboard. Carl Cox, welcome aboard. Alistair Beautiful Waters, welcome aboard. Paul Fleming, the handsome man out of. I heard about the city manager. We'll talk about that. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Carl Cox. Young, young man. And who else is in the house? Okay, great. All right, let's continue. Let's continue. Let's continue. Let's continue. All right, I'm going to continue with the list from where I, from whence I came off. 
I think uh, Eric said, should Nancy just stay in her lane and not complicate things? China economy is a disaster, and all they need is an excuse to distract from this uh, with Pelosi thing. I don't know enough about the, why Pelosi is going to Taiwan to speak about it. When you talk about her staying in her lane, I think the Speaker of the House, I believe, uh, has fi- uh, foreign foreign interest as well. In other words, if they are going to be voting on whether to have the CHIPS Act, when most of our chips are made in Taiwan, I think there's something that, you know, th- there's reason for her to go. But anyhow, I won't get involved with that because, like I said, I'll be talking off the cuff. I don't quite understand that part, and I didn't do any research there. So forgive me that I can't answer that. Eric Hay says, the lockdown model doesn't work. I discussed that already. Uh, question, why are, are the excuses coming with more regularity? Just as Biden comes into office, economy was growing at four-ish, uh, now contracting. Inflation, now nine-ish. Spent. Look, I don't have to discuss that again, Eric. I showed you the charts. I showed you what the economist said about Trump's economy. I showed you where it is that even before the pandemic occurred, Trump was underperforming every single president. President Obama, President Clinton, President Bush 1 and 2, and the latter stages of the Reagan administration. Okay? So uh, that is foolery. That is, again, you speaking not knowing what you're saying. Please stop doing that. If you want real information, look up real information from the unbiased sources. Okay? Donald Trump's economy was never doing well. Punto y final. Okay. All right, let's see what else we got here. Michael Ronan said, John Perkins, confession of an economic hitman. Yeah. I interviewed him a couple of years ago, and there's a video going around the internet with him, and I... When my friend sent it to me, I sent him the interview. And he said, wow, you interviewed that guy. Yes, I did. Lee Grant says, no bridge. It's uncomfortable truth. What what is uncomfortable truth? Uh, Let's see. Uh, Okay, let's continue. Daniel Lado says, LOL, the guy who doesn't believe in God thinks the planet is a conscience. No, I don't. It was a joke. But that the planet is going to shake you off? No. When we say... The planet is going to shake you off. What we really mean is that you change the balance of the planet. It reacts. It's a scientific thing. Just scientific, Rudnan. I mean, Lado, just scientific. Alistair Waters says, Lee Grant, seriously, couldn't possibly just leave that comment in your gray matter, dude. <laughs> Bridge MCP says, seriously, Lee, the Fed Health came out saying, please stop saying that it's the old AIDS days. Oh, Somebody, did he say some? Okay, monkeypox cases have been linked to men having sex with other men. Yeah, that is a that is a narrative the right would like to put out there. Wait till it starts affecting their daughters. Let's see how fast that narrative changes. All right, uh, let's see what else we got here. Hum. Uh, let's see. Paul Fleming says hit and like the button. So yes, folks, go ahead and hit that thumbs up on YouTube and the like on Facebook. All right, Bridge MCP says, no, monkeypox is not a gay disease. Here are what experts want you to know. Thank you, Bridge, for giving some senses here. And here's what Bridge wrote. The language used by the media reporting on monkeypox needs to be rooted in science, not stigma. Gay men's health crisis, the world's 
first HIV and AIDS services organization said, Rhetoric and clickbait headlines that state or imply that monkeypox is a gay or bisexual disease, dangerous because it misinforms the public about who is at risk and how the virus is spread. Okay? Let's, let's not be a part of the stupid brigade. And notice I don't use those words generally, but in this case I will. You don't want to be a part of the stupid brigade. You get people killed. Okay? Eric Hayes, capitalism's gave you everything you have, right, Egberto? No. What gave me everything that I had is the benevolence of people who have worked and invested in their taxes and invested in creating things that allowed me the wherewithal to be educated, that it fall, fell under the domain of a capitalist state has nothing to do with those realities. Because guess what? In Russia and other places, the same is true. All right, people are educated. All right, Carl Cox, like the mafia, the mega rich and mega corporations extort money from working people in America. Yes, Alistair Waters says, I thought it was my internet. No, it was it was the powers that be. Paul Fleming says in North Carolina City hired a black city manager and the all-white police department quit. You know what is so funny? The, the manager they hire, it's for a, a city that's only has 1,800 people. And they hired this city manager. And they, 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 are, they claim they are quitting because of a hostile work environment. Wow. That, that was, you know. I wonder, how many, I wonder how many kids got kicked around by these cops. They're running now because they'll have to, well, you know. Anyway. Okay, Breed says, it's not just the Secret Service text messages from leading Trump-appointed Homeland Security officials from the run-up to January 6th are also missing. Come on, Internet. It's going up and down. It's going down again. I'm going to keep with the program for the sake of keeping with the program. It's coming back again. There is some issues with the connection, and it's not us, folks, I promise you. Because all the other networks, I have three different networks here working, and all of your messages, which comes over the internet as well, are coming through just fine. And I can see the videos out here just fine. So don't be distracted by what they're doing to us, to our thread, to our feed. All right, continuing. Uh, let's see. Daniel Ledo says, AC Rodriguez, nope, Texas. Taxes from capitalism made those roads and bridges. Nope. Taxes made those roads and bridges. It doesn't matter what economic system it's under. Period. That's a statement of fact, Lado. Bridge MCP says conservatives, or rather, Michael Renan, conservatives have shown time and again that they don't know how to source the uh, known reputable sites. It's not that they don't know it; it's that they feel comfortable being ill-informed. I, I don't know why. Well, I know why, but I won't state it here. Carl Cox says America shouldn't pay bribes to chip manufacturers to make chips in America. No, they shouldn't at all. And you know what? With that, I've got a piece. Melanie Keelan, welcome aboard. And um, I got a piece to play for you guys. And then we'll take it on the other side. Hopefully, the system will hold up fine. Here we go. Economist Larry Summers, supposedly a progressive economist. Actually, he told the truth, right? Um, he shows, however, 
why this economic system can only be considered defective, unsustainable, and evil. I want you to listen to this, and then we'll take it on the other side. But please listen keenly. It is very important. Very important. Let's talk about the economy, the basic economy. You said it's complicated. Uh, Complicated could be a euphemism for it's not going to turn around anytime soon. Look, Andrea, I think we're getting bad news on inflation and we're getting bad news on economic strength. The bad news on inflation is coming in the form of the wage and price increase data. The bad news on economic strength is coming on terms of uh, the spending data. And so what that's telling us is, frankly, what I and many others have been saying for a long time, that uh, the Fed and the some extent the administration, but much more the Fed's confidence in a soft landing is too very uh, kind of uh, stuff. And we need, in my view, to prioritize inflation, because if we don't prioritize inflation, we're going to have higher and higher inflation and a more and more stagflationary situation. And we need to prioritize inflation. But if we do, we're going to very likely have a meaningful uh, economic uh, downturn. I was very surprised by Secretary Yellen's uh, expression of optimism that we could somehow get through this without the unemployment rate rising above 5%. She's a great economist, and that's certainly a possibility. But my best guess would be that 5% unemployment sort of corresponds to neutral in the current post-COVID environment. And so to have inflation come way down, we're going to have to see unemployment uh, get uh, above that. So I think we just have to accept uh, what's uh, necessary as part of the investment process for building the very, very strong economy uh, that we can have in the United States. And so you would assume it's more likely than not we're going to have a recession if we're not already there. I think the odds are very high, perhaps over three quarters, that in the next year or two we will have a <laughs> a uh, recession. And I think that's just what happens when you have an economy that is as overheated as our economy was allowed to become. First of all, before I tackle the meat of what he had to say, I want to say this. Notice what he said. Uh, in an economy as overheated as it was allowed to occur. In other words, the economy got overheated because we had a pandemic and, and, and we gave people money to stay home. So they've, and the money that we gave them to stay home were living wages as opposed to just starvation type incomes. Many people were getting on their own jobs. And that is a bad thing because that causes the economy to overheat under Larry Summers' parlance. And, you know, based on the way this economic system works, that's true. But then he's, that earlier on, he says, Yellen is, is really talking gibberish because there are bad things that are happening now. And what are the bad things that are happening? 
Inflation is going up and wages are going up. He didn't say the bad thing is that inflation is going up. He's saying the bad thing that is occurring is inflation is going up and wages are going up. So that's a bad thing. He doesn't look at it and say, oh, that's what we need. We need wages to go up. And he says to solve that problem, the first thing that we have to tackle is inflation. That's the most important thing. Inflation based on our economic system. We need to control inflation. And how do we control inflation? We control inflation by saying we can't be talking about having a 3.5% unemployment rate or we can't be talking about having a 5% unemployment rate. The people must feel pain. We need to give all those people who are working, we need to throw them out of a job. That is the way we regulate our economic system. Throw them out of a job so that all the rich cats out there, all the rich corporations that are the ones responsible for inflation can't do it anymore. You see, inflation says those guys who have price and power The corporations, they charge whatever they like. And we can't tell them as a society, stop it. Stop ripping us off and stop keeping all of our money in your pockets. Stop being parasites. We can't force them to do that. The only way we can get them to do that is for the feds to come in, the Federal Reserve, to come and coax them that way. And how do you coax them that way? You coax them that way by increasing the interest rates, the Fed rate, increasing the rate so that it costs them more to develop the things to you. And then when you cannot afford all these things, they have to to keep their profits going. To keep maximizing their profits, they have to say, okay, what can we cut here? Employment. We cut employment. And when we cut employment, what do we cut? Demand. Because those unemployed people have to be poor now. They can't spend as much anymore. And that's how we stop those plutocrats, the ones with price and power, the ones who increase prices, even though there isn't a supply glut, even though there's not a supply shortage. This guy acts like an overheated economy, meaning an economy where people have money to spend and uh, has to be stopped, even though there is a shortage of product. The one thing we know, they have money. The people have money now, right? So instead of keeping the products at a reasonable price, and making your reasonable profit, and these people can buy more choices, more things. It is no. For the basic things that you need, we're going to increase the prices because we know that if you have the money in your pockets to buy the things of basic needs, you're going to do it, right? And remember, the ones that always get hurt are the ones in the bottom of the scale because those are the ones that have to buy whatever the market will bear. In other words, I got to go to work. I got to buy gasoline and it takes as it doesn't matter how much of my pocket is taken. The only way those plutocrats stop taking money, the only way the oligarchy, the corporations stop taking money is when they are I mean, stop raising prices is when they themselves start to feel the pain and starting to lay people off and then the demand is gone. It's a failed economic system. The lies that you hear about, it's taking people out of poverty and all that kind of crap. It doesn't have to be this system. 
to take people out of poverty. One that says we got to force a certain percentage of our population into poverty so that the plutocrats, so that the rich cats, so that the oligarchy, so that the plutocracy don't keep raising your prices to such an extent that it just gets out of control because these guys are, doesn't have, they don't have a lot of stairs. They just want money. They are parasites. A parasite doesn't understand that after it kills its, 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 uh, its, its body, after it kills the body it is parasitic against, it also dies because there is no more body left. But you see, the plutocrats, like I said, they're not very smart upstairs. So they don't mind killing, killing, killing because they know that the system, the, 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 the self-fixing system of this form of our economic system, of this form of capitalism, going to rein them in before they get themselves killed. Because like any parasite, you kill your victim and then you eventually die. And that's and to prevent the plutocrats from themselves dying. The self-sustaining, just take them to the edge, is the feds who can then regulate to force them to do the right thing without telling them you can't overcharge the prices. But who always pays people? You do. Who always pay? They never pay. You know, they complain about giving us a few billion dollars to get us out of a pandemic. But when they need help, they get trillions in, in, uh, in economic easing. They get trillions in quantitative easing. They get trillions in saying, we got to make them whole. When the chip manufacturers took their, their manufacturing overseas, and now there is a supply pro- tr- problem because China can't get the, the stuff over here quick enough because now it's all the way over there. We're not building these things over here anymore. So we depend on China. We depend on Vietnam. We depend on them sending things here. Our plutocrats, our oligarchy did that to make more money. And then when there's a supply chain problem, which means they can't get the chip to America, they raise the prices on the car. They continue to make a lot of money. And we have to pay the higher prices if we want the stuff. Right. And then when they, you know, now we, the government wants to protect us. Right. So the government, because we are the government, we the people. So the government tells Intel and all these other chip manufacturers that send all their chips overseas. All right, we're going to pass the Chips Act. We're going to help you build your factories here so that you can employ Americans here and not leave overseas. So they make a big profit to leave. And then we give them our money to beg them to come back to the States. We subsidize the rich guys who made record profits last year, we subsidize them to come. But in order to get this economy working right, we got to, we have to go above 5% in, uh, above 5% unemployment. We have to make the average middle class pay. They have got to pay for the mistakes that we make. Oh, it's not a mistake. It's our economic system. Larry Summers' statement on inflation and employment proves we have a defective and unsustainable and an evil economic system. Is he truthful in the way it works? He is truthful in the way it works because it is the system as is. 
Is there a solution? You bet there is. But you start talking about that solution and you know what people want to call you. But in, so instead, we just continue to pilfer the poor, pilfer the middle class. It is something we can never get above, folks, unless you take command of your economy. We don't need corporations. We need collectives where the owners of that corporations are the people, the means of production, the people who produce. You work for company A. You are part owner of company A because all that profit should go to you and your and all, all of you who do it. And for things that are essential to our system. Energy. Certain types of food. And other areas, healthcare, we the people should be in control of a well managed system where these guys who work and profit off of our demise can profit no more. Politics done right depends on you to keep doing what we do. What do we do? We make sure to keep number one, the internet seated with blogs and information to counter the right and to present what progressives represent for the benefit of us all to everybody so that it's not misread, misled by any other entity. We make sure and populate that internet with blogs, with videos, with all these others to make sure that we are informed and to counter everything that you normally hear that, that are lying at the right. We also make sure to create articles in, in magazines, articles in newspapers all around the country to ensure, again, that our message gets out there. Last but not least, we also write books. As you see it, Class Warfare, the only re resort to right-wing doom, How to Make America Utopia, are two of the many books that I've written on these issues. So please support us in one of many ways. Numero uno, you can support us at PayPal, either one time or monthly, go to politicsdoneright.com slash PayPal. You can support us on Patreon. That is politicsdoneright.com slash Patreon. Patreon is spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. You can support us by becoming a part of our YouTube channel, going to politicsdoneright.com slash YouTube, or you can support us in many other forms that you can find at politicsdoneright.com slash support. Be sure to visit our store, politicsdoneright.com slash store, and get our books at politicsdoneright.com slash books. Politics Done Right depends on you to keep doing what we do. What? All right, folks. So, uh, yeah, please give us that support. We need your support like never before. And please also, we're heading into, where am I again? Um, Pittsburgh, PA in a few weeks. And we would love for you to um, be a supporter of our trip. Go to politicsunright.com slash netroots. It's going to be at Netroots Nation, politicsunright.com slash netroots. And I just placed it in, in there. Anyhow, I have, before I continue, I'm going to answer all your questions in there. But before I continue, there's an interesting thing piece that I saw today, uh, Alito. Alito went to Rome and the irresponsible judge showed his irresponsibility in how he addressed the Roe versus Wade decision and those who opposed him. So let's take a listen to that and see exactly what we're talking about here. 
In a speech before a religious freedom conference in Rome, Justice Samuel Alito, who wrote the historic opinion on overturning the constitutional right to an abortion, spoke candidly about the fallout from that decision. I had the honor this term of writing, I think, the only Supreme Court decision in the history of that institution that has been lambasted by a whole string of foreign leaders. One of these was uh, former Prime Minister Boris Johnson, but he paid the price. What really wounded me was when the Duke of Sussex addressed the (laughs) United Nations and seemed to compare the decision whose name may not be spoken with the Russian attack on Ukraine. NBC Justice Correspondent Pete Williams joins me now with more. So, Pete, how rare is it to hear from a justice speak out like this? Well, like that, it's it's pretty rare. Uh, you know, I think Justice Alito uh, has made comments like this before. Uh, I, I think perhaps all those years as one of the dissenters on the court has sort of shaped his view of criticism of his decision, and it's taken him a while to realize that he's now uh, in the, in the controlling seat in the court. Things are sort of breaking his way, and he doesn't seem to have quite caught up with that. We spend a lot. Yes, yes, yes. I mean, tell me how responsible is that for a Supreme Court justice of the United States of America to go overseas and mock leaders? Anyhow, Bridge MCP has a very important message. Okay. And it goes as follows. And I think this is more important than people realize because it would be the repeat of history. And it says the following. If they say it's a gay disease, people will ignore it. AIDS, which actually spread from straight men having sex with gay men, then going home to their woman. Gay woman had no issues. Interesting, right? And we are, we are repeating the same mistake over and over again by trying to stigmatize gender and this disease. It is pathetic and it's going to, well, it, it's this particular disease doesn't seem to be fatal, but it's going to cause a lot of harm on people. AC Rodriguez says, yes, sir, they need to have these video clips on repeat everywhere. It would be awesome messaging, but they are too afraid to be seen, not allowing respectable, respectability politics. I'm not sure who this mythical voter is they're chasing. I am en- I enjoy a good, truthful attack ad. I agree. Uh, but he says, the show, this shows these justices are political and should not be at all. What, what the hell happened to our, our country? I hear you, girl. Daniel says, replying to, uh, to Wood, do y'all learn this from Marxist summer camp? Every time homosexuality is discussed, y'all immediately uh, go to the old, if you don't think homosexuality are awesome, you're probably a homo. Egberto doesn't it. You just did it and y'all do it. No, no, no. I tell you what. I've noticed that a lot of people who are very much anti-gay generally turn out to be gay themselves. The ones that are, and you take a look in the Republican Party right now, the ones that come out attacking gay folk like ever before. Always turns out like it's, uh, there must be something there. There must be something there. All right, let me go back up the scroll. I think I'm done with the bottom of the scroll, which says, AC Rodriguez says, a fairy tale of people being above anything is complete. B, you know what? All right, let's see what else we got here. What else we got here? What else we got here? Uh, going up, I'm going back from the bottom up now. Uh, let's see. Bridge says, okay, look at Egberto Willis doing his thing without help. Love it, babes. What thing am I doing without help? 
I need help. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? That last 13-minute segment was a tape. It was a tape, the last 13-minute segment. All right, let's continue. Uh, When our leaders campaign, we should show the video of Ted Cruz and the gang fist bumping after blocking the veterans bill. You know what? I said that same thing. Paul Paul Fleming, good minds think alike. After I heard, I haven't seen the video yet, but after I heard them mention that video on, I think it was CNN, I'm like, my God, I hope the Democrats are getting ready to look at that, to put that out. Look at how they really, really feel about the veterans. All right, Daniel Ledeau says, see, he can't help himself. That's a douchebag. I guess I am a douchebag now. You hear that, folks? You are here listening to a douchebag. So says Daniel Ledeau. But what we found and what we've seen quite often is the loudest attackers of gays are gays themselves. So, you know, you may want to be careful now. Bridge MCP says, didn't have to tell you it's time. Oh, no, actually, I did see it. (laughs) Actually, Fleming said it earlier on. Fleming says, hey, you're way past your time. No, no, no. Somebody did have to tell me. That's not true. Somebody always have to remind me. Because I get into my talkadera and I never stop, you know? All right. Michael Rodney says AIDS was blood-borne as well as sexually transmitted, which means anyone who received a blood transfusion was at risk. Anyone who shared needles was at risk. In comparison, monkeypox has... Additional airborne means of transmission. I didn't know that. The idea that monkeypox is limited to sexual transmission is going to inadvertently cause case increases. Plague enthusiasts, you hearing me? Uh, you see why we have this program? I didn't know that, uh, Rudnan. I didn't know that it could also be passed along airborne, although Bridge MCP did say sneezes. All right, let's see what I say. Uh, Alistair Waters says bipartisan support to ban congressional stock trading. Whoop, whoop. That should have been done decades ago. Bree says, Egberto Willis, Oxford did a study on guys who were anti-gay. Found out 90% were gay. What? Well, Ledo, there's your scientific study. You see what we're saying now? The guys who are really, really out against gay folk, 90% of them turn out to be gay. That's okay. That's okay, Ledo. We know you're in the 10%, man. We know that. We know that. And you too, right? Right, right. Everybody that's complaining about gays. Anyhow. Bree says, have to find the link. Michael Rudnan, it was years ago. Hey, the person to find any link for you is, in fact, Michael Rudnan. So, Michael, we're waiting. We're waiting. Anyhow, let's see what else, what other uh, messages I have that I hadn't gone through yet. Uh, para ver, para ver. Let's see. Uh, we have one here. Rodriguez says, Replying to Daniel Ledo, yes, the implication was that capitalism gave him everything. Capitalism gives you nothing unless you force it to. There's a reason we outlawed child labor. It wasn't because the capitalists felt like they shouldn't employ children anymore. It's because we made it law. And that's what I said. You know, what we should be doing is is fixing the aber. You know, if, if we want to keep a capitalist society, right, you would think you want to fix the aberrations in capitalism, which are many specifically that it has no humanity. And, and the government tries to do that. That's why you still have Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, and all these other policies 
um, SSI and all these stuff are there to mitigate the destructive nature that capitalism has on humanity, right? That's why those things are there. But they want to cut those too. The things that will keep them alive is what they want to cut. Paul Fleming to Eric Hayes, they introduced politics when sports owners decided to use the national anthem before playing sports. Amazing. All right, I have another one here that I want to put up on the screen. Actually, it is Common Dreams, and I think I put it in my uh, – let me go ahead and put, get, put up politicsandright.com. Uh, let's see. Uh, Paul Fleming – or Eric Hayes to Paul says, who cares, veterans or anyone that is patriotic, like it, so let it be. I'm not sure what you're saying dear brother Eric Hayes, but I'm sure you meant something. All right, the last subject that I was going to talk about today, or that I am going to talk about today, is titled Big Pharma. Hey, be quiet, Egberto. All right, here we go. Big Pharma flooding airwaves with disinformation to kill drug price reform. Powerful interest groups, and let me put that on the screen. Put that on the screen. Put that on the screen. All right. Powerful interest groups out there don't want this legislation to succeed. So they are pouring dark money into efforts to stop it. While its thousands of lobbyists work fervently on Capitol Hill, the pharmaceutical industry is flooding the airwaves in, in several states with deceptive ads in a last-ditch campaign to block Senate Democrats' plan to curb the unchecked pricing power of drug corporations, including as part of the reconciliation package negotiated by Senator Joe Manchin and Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer, the proposal would require Medicare to negotiate the price of a small number of drugs, 10 drugs, uh, directly with pharmaceutical companies, which can currently drive up costs as they please, boasting their profits and expenses of their patients. The, me the measure would also cap out-of-pocket medicine costs to $2,000 a year for recipients of Medicare Part D. The prescription drug benefit uh, would private plans approved by the federal government. We need to get rid of those private plans, period. The drug industry, which has repeatedly fought off price regulations attempts recent decades, has lashed out furiously against Democrats' plan, even though it is in some ways significantly weaker than a proposal that the House passed last year. Republicans bankrolled by big pharma are also working to tank the bill. And let's correct that. It's not only Republicans by Big Pharma, but it's all. Big Pharma is giving money to all of them. All of them. All right. Bruce uh, says, healthcare should never be a for-profit industry. Bruce, who's going to argue with that, sir? You're absolutely right. E2247 says, U.S. Senate Judiciary Committee hearing. Law enforcement officers safety protecting those who protect and serve. Panel focus on attention on civil rights organization. I wrote that. I read that out of term. I thought you were talking about the article as discussing E2247. All right. Continuing with the words. We're going to use every tool in the toolbox to relentlessly educate lawmakers about the flaws in this bill, declared Stephen UBL, president of Forma, the nation's leading drug industry. You, 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 these guys are psychopaths. They're psychopaths. American Commitment, a nonprofit with ties to the Koch brothers, launched a new seven-figure ad buy. That's seven figures. That's in the millions. Targeting audiences in Washington, D.C., as well as West Virginia, Nevada, and Georgia. 
The ads, uh, which can be viewed in full on the American Commitment website, recycle the false and repeatedly debunked claim that Democrats' bill would cut nearly $300 billion from Medicare, distorting the Congressional Budget Office estimate that the legislation would save the federal government at roughly $290 billion over 10 years. So here's the deal. They are saying that because the bill will save the taxpayer $300 billion, that somehow Medicare is going to cut Medicare by three. No, that's not what it is at all. What it is that we ain't going to give you $300 billion that's undeserved. It is not Medicare getting cut. It's you, big pharma, that has been ripping us off who's getting cut. And it's not even doing good work because it's only 10 drugs. And that doesn't occur until 26, I mean, 2016. Or I'm sorry, 2026. And the other one doesn't kick in until 2029. The next 10 drugs, 2029. It's a rip. Off. I mean, even this, even this legislation isn't good enough. Isn't good enough. Paul Fleming says Republicans are the feeder of lies. True. Absolutely true. Michael Rudnan says we can't keep half a million of our fellow Americans going into bankruptcy every year because of a medical emergency stemming from a broken healthcare system that acts to funnel wealth into corporate hands. And we shouldn't even just say corporate hands, into the hands of a few rich people. That's who it is. Daniel Edo says, replying to Eric Hayes, in a multi-ethnic, multi-religious society, what exactly brings us together as a people, if not nationalism? Gay pride? I am not sure how to interpret that. I think you, you're, you're in a, in a back-ass word, say, Lado. You're trying to say if we're not, nationalism can supersede race and that's what brings us together as a country. And I say that's false because nationalism have a tendency to believe that only one sect within that group is worthy of being a nationalist. Look at the, word, look at the statements made by the nationalists. You guys, we have the tapes all over that proves the nationalist movement is a white supremacist movement. We have it on tape. You're trying to rewrite history. Eric Hayes, uh, this is Michael Rudin to Eric Hayes, have been reading conspiracy blogs again, as usual. Listen to the racist. What a joke. Wow. You know, the, the, the good thing about it is our audience will never believe that, which is a good thing. They know the truth. Uh, nationalism is politics for basic people. Bow of the fifth column. Yep, they've given it a different name, though. Uh, rather than different name, different name, different name. All right, we are down to about three minutes of show. Uh, throw whatever you want me to finish the show up with inside of the um, inside of uh, inside of the. Let's say, nope, it's a melting pot, but look at the military. It is very diverse, and Rudnin, your points are so out of touch, bud. Actually, it's the other way around, Eric. More people agree with the things that Rudnin puts on screen than you do, okay? Really. Egberto, what I said to Eric was that Soros is a right-wing bubble boogeyman. Yes, Soros is a right-wing boogeyman. I don't know too many Democrats who even know who Soros is, you know, and Soros isn't like uh, some progressive dude, right? 
So I mean, uh, he he's a capitalist like all these other guys. He just he's just a capitalist that has a bit more conscience than the others. You know, it's the, it's that simple. But like I said, the things that Rudnan put on screen, the things that Rudnan bring here. If you were to do a poll to what Ledo believes in or what Hayes believe in and what uh, and what Rudnan believe in, you could add up Hayes. You could add Hayes and, and Ledo up together and it wouldn't reach the level of support that Brother Rudnan has. Because you know what? He's actually in the mainstream and the mainstream is, in fact, progressives on issues. We are just lousy progressives, that is are lousy at expressing things in the form that Americans can, uh, that Americans grasp it as a bread and butter issue for themselves. But anyhow, uh, let's see what else. Come on, guys. Give me the last few messages here. Uh, who cares? Uh, evidently, you do. You're the one who brought it up, Eric. You're the one who said, you're the one who gave the misinformation. And now that we correct it, you say, who cares? Come on now. At least stick with your words, man. Michael Rodden says, I have a few ideas which don't have supermajority polling support. I tend to keep those ideas to myself, give it time. I'm hopeful society will shift to match idealism eventually. The arc of history bends towards justice and equality. Yes. Carl Cox, the mega rich or parasites, mega parasites, plain and simple. Fact, true. Uh, AC Rodriguez, it used to be common humanity. Maybe we could start there. But sure, there are many people from all walks of life in the gay community. You can take a look sometimes. You might just find it at home. When things happen to you, care, says Bridge. When things happen to you, you care. That is, what, that is just a regular person, or rather a certain percentage. I, I want it to be better than that, Bridge. I love the word empathy. Empathy. Uh, seeing the world vicariously through the eyes of not only the persons that agree with you, but that those who disagree with you. And that's why, without feeling hate towards some of the things Brother Ledo has to say, I still genuinely, I love you, Brother Ledo, because you're human. I consider you a human with some severe flaws. But you're human. Likewise, the brother Eric Hayes. Well, Lee Grant's my brother, man. Lee Grant just likes to give us hell. Don't listen to everything Lee Grant says. He likes to give you hell. Even when he tries to be anti-gay, he just wants to give you hell. And he wants, yeah, I think he's trying to get a, 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 a thing out of some of us when he does things like that. Alistair Waters said, hey, guys, it is no longer the color yellow, but it is now a pogo stick. At least if you go by the views of individuals like that. <laughs> Carl Cox says, empathy means believing in the common good for all humanity. Alyssa Waters said, I said it, therefore it must be true. Whoa. Paul Fleming says, it, most of you don't know I have multiple sclerosis. The cost of the medicine that I take daily is well above my means. And I have to use companies that will pay the $13,000 it costs at the beginning of each year for a 30-day supply. Then each month after cost $2,400 for the next 11 months. Which of you listening can afford this? I don't think anybody listening can afford that, Paul Fleming. Paul, it is that what we here are fighting for. It is that. 
Daniel, and before I go, I just want to read what Daniel Ledo said, which is very prescient. He says the following. I have zero love for you, Egberto, and I don't believe your BS that you love me. But saying it sure makes you look good, doesn't it? Well, I mean, I can't really read your soul, your mind. I can read mine. And I think anybody who knows me, anybody who's interacted with me, anybody who has called me out and called me name and then become uh, very close to me would tell you the same thing, Brother Lido. So it may make you feel good that while you can hate me, I don't hate you. In fact, like I said, I feel love towards you and everybody else. It may not. It, it again. It 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 destroys your. It destroys what you think a progressive really is. It destroys what you think real humanity is. But we won't let that. I won't let your hate change me. Right? I can't let your hate. I'm I'm going to tad bit over. I can't let my hate, your hate, change me. But what I can do is just tell you. I never said I hate you. I have sense of love is not hate. Okay, whatever. Uh, you got me on that one, actually. You do got, you, you, you're absolutely right on that one. You got me on that one. You got me on that one. But anyhow, so here's the deal, guys. Uh, check out my new book, all right? Tribulations of an Afro-Latino Caribbean man. A lot of stuff that I had to go through when I came to the country. Please check it out. It's really worth the read. I write it a chapter at a time. I think I'm up to chapter seven. Please, please check it out. Uh, Carl Cox says, why does Ledo keep listening to the pro? Look, I, Ledo is not a bad person. I know Ledo personally. Uh, as you know, there is a lot of stuff happening in this country that are, that are put in family against family, friends against friends, people against people, all of that. And only those who are willing to take the blow and stand up and not fall for the dissension the, the that these people need. Okay, that is what it's all about. Anyway. I got lying POS until called out shows his absence of character. Me? Wow. Okay. My name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics Done Right. And you guys know how I end this, this program. I am what? Out. We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel. And number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.